rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. It's, it's so good today because the word turn away, I'm going to go into the word again, turn, because it's so important. Everything we do is spiritual. We are spiritual beings. And because we are spiritual beings, we get to know God. Because God is a spirit. And God is a person. That's really changed the way I think. God is really one person. Not two. God is one person. He has feelings. You were created in His image. If you can see, that's because God can see. If you can hear, that's because God can hear. He is a person. He, can, he feels. He can feel disappointed. You know, today in our time, there are a group of people that want to say, well, we don't know God's gender. God is genderless. And I say, well, when Jesus came, was he male or female? That God takes nothing from the woman. But he is a person. He has feelings. He can be hurt. He can be disappointed. And when we know that, then we recognize what he's done for us. My, the title of my message is The Hidden Kingdom. There is a kingdom on earth that cannot be seen. That kingdom is in your heart. And God's so big, he's bigger than the earth. He's bigger than the universe. He's way out. God doesn't have night and day. But he chooses to live inside you and build his kingdom inside of you. Because Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. So the king, if you know Christ, the king is living inside of you. You're carrying about your life as you go in your, doing your business. The king of kings and the Lord of lords living inside of you. That makes you not to be ordinary. And that's why uh, John chapter 3 says, The wind blows. And you hear the sound of it. The wind blows where he wants, where he lives, where he wants to go. You hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where he's coming or where he's going. So, the scripture says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. We are a mystery to, mystery to the world. A mystery. Now, what I want to talk about today, about the hidden kingdom, is the word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom. I drew, I, I got this uh, title reading Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. Jesus says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, notice not a word, the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom is the principle for living for kingdom people. Question is, do you really belong to the kingdom? Are you already a part of the kingdom of God? 
I know I'm a part of the kingdom of God. And so if you are a part of the kingdom of God, you need to pay attention to the word of the kingdom. You see, because Satan knows, notice it says, the devil comes and he snatches it. He steals it away. The Bible says he is the thief. He is the thief. He is a murderer. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. See, every time you are hearing the word of God, something could change in your life that Satan hates. So he stands by, and if you don't understand the word, he takes the word away from your heart, so you don't get any results. So every time you hear the word of God, God gives it to you for results, for change, for progress, for prosperity, for goodness. That's the reason for the word. And Satan who hates us stands by every time you hear the word of God to tell you, just to deceive you just like he did with Eve in the garden. Did God say, and once you disallow what the word says, that's because you don't understand. He takes the word from your heart and it will never bear fruit. No result. But every word of God is to build you up. Every word of God is to build your house. We're coming to that. Every word of God is to build your life. The word of God has so many synonyms in the scriptures. That's what the word, the word is scriptures. The word of God is also called the word of the Lord. Lord means the owner of all things. Is the word of the Lord. The word of God is also called truth. That's the word of God. The word of God is truth. The word of God sometimes is referred to as just the word. And if you read in, um, I believe that's the Acts chapter 5 verse 20, he says it is the word of life. No, the word, words of this life. The words of this life. He says, Tell, go out from prison and go out and share with the people the word of this life. So the word of the kingdom is a word that covers every area of human life. Everything. The word of the kingdom is also the word for your marriage. There is a word in the word of the kingdom for your marriage. There is also a word for your finances. There is also a word for your children. How to deal with your children. How to raise your children. Is the word of the kingdom. The word of God has all of this in it. It can deal with your retirement as well. What to do. It covers every area of life. It is the word of this life. Words of this life. But the word demands that you understand it. This is where it is. If you don't understand it, you will reject it. That's why most people are not saved. Some people don't want to hear the word of God. It irritates them. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. It says, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. A natural man, until the Spirit of God has touched your life, 
and you now move from being just a natural man to a supernatural person because the Spirit of God is part of your life. When that happens, whenever you hear the Word of God, then you can understand it. And then you can receive the Word. If you can't receive God's Word, it's a clear sign God's not in your life. And if you don't understand God's Word, you can't receive it. And so the Word is presented to you, but you're not receiving it. Satan looks this way. He says, there's nobody. He's not taking it. He comes in. He's done with it. It's called the Word of the Kingdom. The Word of the Kingdom. Let me say this to you. Every time you hear the Word of the Kingdom, prophecy is being fulfilled. Every time. Sometimes when I hear the word of the kingdom, this is real for me. And I know that thing is not really good for me. I don't want to be a part of it. You know what I do? I've said it over. I I go beg God. Please, I know that word of the kingdom will surely come to pass. I know that, God, because you can't lie. But please, I don't want to be part of that. Because it's not good for mankind. Is the word of the kingdom. I've got to understand it. Every time you hear the word of God, the words of Isaiah is being fulfilled. You see, the Bible tells us in in, um, Matthew chapter 8, beginning from verse 16, it says, when evening came, they brought to Jesus those who were possessed, and deliberately, Jesus was fulfilling scriptures. He healed everyone, and he says to fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. But then there was another time Jesus took Isaiah 61, and he read it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he says, this scripture is being fulfilled right now before your eyes. So every time you hear the word of God, prophecy is being fulfilled. And if you receive it, the blessing of the word comes into your life and changes things. Usually, it changes you. It changes you and it changes your mind. And once that's changed, you can position yourself for light. That's the truth. You see, I've said it over here. The the moon has no light of its own. Sometimes you can't even see the moon. But when the moon aligns itself properly to the sun, I mean the son of God, okay? When, when you align yourself properly to the son of God, you shine. Just like the moon. That's how important it is. So Isaiah's prophecies have to be fulfilled. This is what Jesus said. In Matthew 13, he's talking about the parable of the sower. If you read from Matthew 13, and, and you can read in Luke chapter, um, Mark chapter 4 and Luke chapter 8, all of these synoptic gospels, they all mention this parable. You know why? Because it's so important to life, so important to living life. Very, very important. All of them mention this. Only John, because John, what the Holy Spirit wanted to do through John was different. John wanted to let the world know. He, Jesus, that Jesus, he is God. Only one God. Jesus is that. He is. And I'm glad. And guess where he lives? 
right here. <laughs> yeah, he lives right here. Amen. Not because I was holy, I received him. Amen. I received him. He wants to be in you. If you don't want him, uh, give me the portion that is being sent to you. I will take it also. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I want all of it. I want all of it. He says, in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. Which says, hearing, you will hear and not understand. First thing is, understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes, they have closed. People are doing that today. They close their eyes. What used to be bad and wrong for them, they have somehow changed their mind and now they close their eyes and they can say, well, what's wrong with that? You're blind now. You close your eyes. He says, their eyes, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. That's one part. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. I need to read that again. Lest they understand with their heart and what? And then what happens? And so that I should heal them. Once you understand the word of the kingdom, you will turn. No doubt about it. That means you've opened your eyes and can see. You can go, I was blind, now I can see. And you opened your ears and you were able to hear right. And so you see and then you were able to understand. As soon as you understand, you say, I don't have to put up with this anymore. <laughs> Hello? I don't, why am I allowing this in my life? I don't have to be doing this. Why have I allowed this addiction to have control over my life all these years when Jesus can set me free? And then a holy anger comes from inside of you. I'm not doing that anymore. And God, you, you know what you're doing there? You are positioning yourself. And guess what happens? He will have to heal you. He will have to heal you from whatever. If it's your marriage that is sick, he'll heal that marriage once you turn. You'll begin to position yourself and you do what's right. You've been fighting. And all of a sudden, the word of the kingdom speaks to you. I, I can tell the Holy Spirit can speak a thousand words in a second to a person. And all of a sudden, you got this understanding. And then you, you cry out. It's called repentance, right? You cry out, God, why? Why have I been this way? And then he tells you, don't worry about it. We've put that aside. Putting that which was behind, behind you. Let's press forward. And then you feel comforted. And all of a sudden, those torments that you were having, and all those pains, 
they begin to break out. The chains begin to break. Because now, the scripture says, again, I know that the synonym for the word of God is called the truth. Now you know the truth. Amen? And you will know the truth and what? No more chains. No more chains. You're free. There's no way you can be held down. Once your eyes are open, God will work with you. But the key thing is understanding and turning. The kingdom of God is for fruit bearing. God never changed his mind. I said initially, every kingdom wants to expand. The Roman kingdom wanted to take over the world. Remember? If America could, he'd take over the world and tell them what to do and change the culture. Yeah, that's my kingdom. The Britain, Great Britain, they wanted to take over the world. Like I said before, here, they spread their language all around the world. Their culture. Now you can't go anywhere. It's all English, right? In my country... Wait, my original country, this is my country, okay? Don't send me back. <laughs> this is my country. And I pray for my country, this country, and the other country as well, okay? And all the countries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody's sending me back. This is my home. <laughs> <laughs> You can speak your language at home. Right? Those of you from my country, you know that. But when you go to the office for government work or even your business and you start speaking your language, the guy says, are you okay? Speak English. That's not our language. No, it is now. Because the kingdom of Great Britain is spread. God wants to spread his kingdom. If you understand that, then you know how to position yourself for God to do a work in your life. The word of the kingdom. You know, in Luke chapter 8, Luke calls it the seed. Everyone, the, the sower went out to sow. He says, the word is the seed. The word of the kingdom is seed. And God hasn't changed his mind. You remember after he made Adam and Eve? What did he say to Adam and Eve? He blessed them. He blessed them. I'm glad. The first thing Adam and Eve heard was blessed. Amen. And today, can you permit me to say that over you in Jesus' name? I said in Jesus' name, blessed. That's your portion. Those were the first words. But notice what the blessing was about. He blessed them and he said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth with God's culture. God's glory. That's the culture. God's glory around the world. The culture of the kingdom. You know how we pray. Thy will be done on earth. God's culture on earth. We are filled. 
We have failed. We're not doing that. He told us, He gave us the word go and bear seed. Right? The seed. He gave us the word go bear seed. I mean, go bear fruit. Go bear fruit. Take the word. That's the seed. You can bear fruit. You can change lives with the word of the kingdom. The kingdom will expand. And the culture of the kingdom will expand. Don't act like them. You are not from the world. You are not of the world. There are Christians who act like they are of the world. And no one can tell the difference. You know, my children and I, we have different accents in our home. It's true. He can speak and nobody asks him, where are you from? <laughs> As soon as I open my mouth, they want to know where I came from. <coughs> and I say, I'm from here. They said, no, sir. <laughs> we, we can tell you I'm from here. You live here now, but where are you from? But you see, that's what Christians are doing. They can't tell. They are born from above. Because they are just like the other people. Nobody says among them, you're different. Where are you from? What's happening? That's why we're not spreading the culture. God needs fruit. And you, uh, you have the seed, both in your life, because the king lives inside of you, and the things you do, your words, can change lives. Your words can. I don't have to be like them. I don't have to do what they do. I don't. I was sharing with a, a couple. They're here this morning. So good to have you guys. When I was in, uh, in a college in Georgia, uh, you know, I, I got in and I was living in the, in the dorms. And they had this uh, guy, Johnny, by name, John, uh, what's the other word, Larry, and Terry, there's a, knew them. I, I was you. I knew that I needed to spread the word, <laughs> to bear fruit, but part of it was my own protection. Because as soon as I've told them that I am a Christian, I know they will be shocked if they see me with booze. <laughs> you laugh, but that's the truth. I thought you said you're a Christian. You you are in this uh, party at night, boozing and acting up. <laughs> what kind of Christian are you? So I tell them, it was defense away from home, because nobody knew me here. I could change, but no, no. I have the life of God. He's more precious than anything else. That's the best thing that's happened to me in life. I'm not going to give it away for some silly party. I'm not doing that. And I need to let them know where I came from. No, I mean, I'm not talking about Nigeria. I'm talking about uh, my home up there. I needed to let them know. I remember once this guy told me, good luck, there's going to be a group party tonight. I mean, drinking, fine girls. I wasn't married then. Fine girls and all of that stuff. <laughs> And I said to the guy, uh, I haven't touched a drop of booze 
three years ago. He said, really? <laughs> yeah. And he says, this immorality stuff, uh-uh. that used to be my life. No, no, I don't go there. I am sanctified. <laughs> Please. And then, and remember, as, after we got through talking, his friend came in. I was new. His friend came in and knocked and said, Oh, you just came from Nigeria? He said, yes. He said, Oh, there's going to be a party tonight. I mean, he kept going. And the other guy was like, Don't talk to him that way. He's sanctified. <laughs> Leave him alone. And there was this guy, Johnny, Terry. I remember Johnny, Terry, and Larry. I went to out to witness, and all of a sudden, Johnny was there. Johnny had left home, and he was in college, and he had decided to abandon his faith. I didn't know that. And Johnny, I will witness, but every time I start the scripture, Johnny will complete it for me. And I said, well, I thought you were an unbeliever. What's this? And then a few days later, Johnny got saved. And this guy was, I mean, Chris, big guy, football player. I didn't know what football was like, but he was a football player, and I knew that. But then after they got saved, maybe around 1 o'clock in the dorm, they were making so much noise. And I got out to see what was going on. What was this noise? They had gotten saved, the three of them. Because Johnny was talking scripture and the other one said, if you really believe that stuff, why don't you leave it? And they were all quiet. They all went to the, the, uh, cha- the chapel on campus and gave their lives to God. And then they came, they were talking like crazy. As soon as they saw me, they were all at once, all of them talking to me. I hey, guys, cool it. What was the matter? And they told me what happened, how one challenged the other. Now they've given their lives to Christ. They're so happy. They were so, so glad. And Johnny, the football player, he said, boy, I used to be real scared of you. I said, what? This skinny African. He said, he seems like, <laughs> he said, he said, he seems like, he seems like every time I have my six pack and I'm going up the stairs, you always have to come down from up there. And I have to put this six pack on the other side. And woke up. And God was speaking to me and I didn't want to hear. They got saved. I got friends. We started witnessing together. Because they saw me doing it. That was it. It's a beautiful life. It's the most beautiful life. We have to bear fruit. Jesus said, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. That scripture used to bother me. I got to bear fruit. Jesus can't lie, right? He said it. It's got to be true. I don't want to take chances. I don't want to hope that I will make it. Some preachers won't make it. It's true. The kingdom. I have to stay with the word. 
Every branch that bears fruit, the Father prunes. Angela spoke about it, but I didn't tell her what I was go- where I was going this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. That he may bear more fruit. I want the Father to prune me. Amen. Let me, in this life, at least before I pass on, this great God that died on the cross for me, the least I could do was to tell some other person what he's done for me. It's the least. Hopefully they will receive that and feel the joy that I feel. There is power in the word of God. He changes a man's life. He changed my life. He changed my life. My family saw it immediately. They didn't, they, you look exactly the same. But your life is changed. Your focus is changed. You are now a member of the kingdom of God. And everything, you see things differently. You're still human and you can still live and be prosperous. And God wants you to be prosperous so they can see his hands upon your life. And he uses the prosperity in your life to tell them God is good. And we say all the time, right? And I always like to add the devil is bad all the time. You see, God wants us blessed. He wants us blessed. Every heart will respond to the word of God. It doesn't mean the response will be the same. But everyone is going to, be, to respond. How would you respond to the word of God? How would you receive the seed of the word? Every time you make yourself available to the Word of God, you give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to sow something good in your life. Yes. Every time. You see, you can't be in the presence of the King and live the same. He will always give you a gift. In his presence, fullness of joy. Every time you hear the word of God, you have an opportunity, or you give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to put something new in your life that will change your life, your family's life, and everyone around you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The word of God is the, is the building block with which God builds your life. I don't know if I can get to that place today, but I need to let you know something. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, everyone who hears these sayings of mine, right, and does them, what will he liken you to be? I liken him to be a wise man who builds what? That's your life. Not house. Your life is the kingdom, the house of God. He'll build your house on a solid foundation. Because on earth, things are going to come against your life. Whether you're a good person or you're a bad person. It rains on the bad and the good. Every, you will have the storm. But if you have Jesus 
as your foundation. No matter what comes at you, you'll be standing when it's over. You'll be standing tall when it's over. That's the key thing about it. Everyone, listen, the parable of the sower, it says when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. In other words, I'm just, I'm just going to go to see what they are doing there. That's not a serious part. It's funny because the sower doesn't even care how you're responding. He's just throwing it, throwing it around. I think that's what Christians should do. Forget about how they respond. Your job is to spread the seed. Amen. You know, I tell people, when I'm witnessing, and the guy is, is saying, oh, that's nice. Oh, I really like it. I know I have failed. <laughs> because he's not going to do anything about it. Now, when I speak to him, and he's really angry, and he wants to throw, throw, throw me out from his house, I like it. You know why I like it? Because for another five hours, he's still thinking about that stupid man that came to talk to him and everything that I said, he's rehearsing it. He might kill. He's rehearsing it. At least he's hearing. He's playing back the word of God to himself until the Holy Spirit gets him. I hate indifference. Hot or cold. I would rather have you hot or cold. Lukewarm? No. Our job is to spread the seed. And it's so beautiful. There's going to be a day where I have to present to the Lord. You see, God comes looking for fruit. You remember how Jesus looked at that tree? That's a sign. He was looking for fruit. And when there was no fruit, guess what he did? He cursed it. Every branch in me that bears fruit, it prunes. I know this is a serious message, but see, Christianity is a relationship. It's serious. It, it seems like it's like a club. Well, I belong to that club over there. Well, I don't like them anymore, so I'm moving over here. It's silly. Somebody gave his life. God gave his life for this. I'm going to get connected with my Christian brothers and sisters and let us walk together for the kingdom of God. The wicked one takes it. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on the stony place, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Well, let me tell you, because of what will tribulation come? You know what God's saying? If you really receive the word, somebody's going to question it. There's going to be tribulation. Now, according to uh, Luke, he says when temptations come, because of the word. They fall. 
Because no root. Because you haven't stayed with the word. Jesus says, if, my, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You have to let the word, look, soak yourself in the word. The word of the kingdom is for my progress. Now, Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may be able, we are able to do what the word says, and then it says, for then you shall have good success and make your way prosperous. That's the word. The wayside heart, you know, every day this scripture is being fulfilled. Because there are those who hear the word is by the wayside. And then there are those who hear the word and something happens, they no longer go to church anymore. They get offended. That's what Mark says. They get offended when the word is challenging their lives. They see something and they are offended. They are gone. The thing that is, that, that is amazing to me, Jesus talks about it and it's like, it doesn't matter. That's how it's going to be. Then there are those that will receive the seed, but the cares of this life, Jesus says, riches, everything that's in the world. God's not saying you can't have them, but he says, don't let them have you. Don't let them have you. Your focus is the kingdom. And what does the word of the kingdom say? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what? All these things will be added to you. All these things. You know, I was reading the scripture, and because of time, and yeah, I, I was shocked to read this, because God was talking to the children of Israel. He said, I never asked you to serve God in vain. In other words, when you serve God, he'll reward you. There is a word, the word of the kingdom. There is a word in the word of the kingdom for your health. And if you focus on it, God will begin to teach you how to keep your health, make it good. There's the word of the kingdom for your finances. And God can really train you and help you to go way beyond yourself. And things can happen that you have no control over because you are part of the kingdom and you've received that part of the word of the kingdom. There's the word of the kingdom for every area of life. There is. Your marriage, your children. There's the word. Of, are you going to be tested? Oh, yes. Once you get the word of the kingdom, Satan is going to test it. God says in Isaiah 54, In righteousness you shall be established. In righteousness, when you are established in righteousness, no one can pull you down. They'll try, but they'll die trying. In righteousness, you will be established. And God says, great shall be the peace of your children. 
Great. Not just peace. Great shall be the peace of your children. But Satan doesn't want... He wants to try to make your children not to have peace. But you stand on the word. You stand on the word. And you refuse to yield. And when Satan tries, he says, he's not making way. We got to go somewhere else where we can operate. This place is closed for us. And he says, all your children will be taught by God. It's all the word of the kingdom. To me, what's out there, I don't need it. Life is so short. I want to stay focused on God. If Jerry said, God, and I know he is, and every one of you that I'm looking at today, you have a destiny. Your destiny is different from mine. But every destiny is great. It depends on how you handle it and how you put God in it. If the more you allow God in, the more he will work with you. There is a principle. God doesn't force himself on anybody. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Move away from him and guess what he'll do? He'll move away from you. And you begin to say, there is no God. I don't feel God. Yes, you're right. He moved away from you. And that was your decision. But you can draw near to God. God loves us dearly and wants us blessed. The word of God, the word of the kingdom, will outlast this earth and the heavens. Heaven and earth will pass away. His word remains the same. And then the scripture says, God watches over everything he has spoken. He wants to see if you will act on it. And if you act on it, he will make sure it's good for your life. Amen? Bow your heads with me this morning. This God that we serve. First of all, let me say this. If you're here today, I want you to know, even if Satan has convinced you God doesn't like you and it's against you, God wants you to know that's a lie. There's nobody that God's against, no matter what you've done. All you have to do is to acknowledge, I need God. That's all he's wanting. Some people don't think they need God. But if you know you need God, and you tell God, I need you in my life, He comes in. He's been waiting to come in to your life. The Bible talks about humbling ourselves before God. When you say you need God, in whatever area, that's humility before Him. And when you humble yourself before God, He'll lift you up. Today, I can tell God wants to lift so many people up here this morning. Can I hear an amen? God wants to lift you up. God wants to lift you up. Would you humbly place your life in his hands? Will you humbly place your situation in his hands? And say, God, I can't handle it. Would you take it over from me? 
Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. God cannot lie. He'll give you rest today. I am very sure of that. God will give you rest today. For those of you who are in doubt, whether you'll make it to heaven if you, if you die today, make a commitment. Tell God, write my name in your book. Once it comes out of your mouth, he hears it. Amen? And then he'll write your name there. You will have to take your name out. That's up to you. But if you ask him to do that, he will do that. I want everyone to bow your heads with me this morning and pray with me. Basically, we can't take chances, but I know there are those here that need to tell God to write their name in the book of life. And do, that, do it with a pure heart, a good conscience. And God will hear you, and your name will be written in the book of life. Say with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Today, I confess that I am a sinner. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me my sins and make me a saint of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, if that's the first time you're saying it to God, God hears you, He heard you, and your name is being written in the book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Before we close, I'm going to ask some of our leaders to come, prayer partners, some of us come. And if you are sick in the body, I felt it all morning, and I have to listen to that, I need to obey that. If you are sick in the body, please come and let them pray for you. I believe God will heal you today. Prayer partners, would you please stand up and come? If you are sick in the body, please don't go back, go home with it. Come and let God heal you. Please stand up with me. God bless you. Thank you for being so good. You listened real good. And I want give yourself a hand. <laughs> you listened real good. And God bless you for, your, for listening. You are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. So those of you that are sick in the body, you need God. Sometimes we'll say, well, I, I know I have this headache, but I, I can handle that. No, you can't. Come, let God deal with it. Amen. Thank you, Lord.